everybody. We are back with another episode of Rabbit Ears. And I have kind of, this is a fortuitous kind of situation with my friend Sam Hurley here today because we are recovering, uh, we are discussing or covering Jessica Jones on the day that Netflix announced that all of the Marvel shows are leaving its platform at the end of this month. That's right. Way to reach out to me on a day where my heart has been broken, ripped out of my chest and stomped on. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Cool. Keen. So happy to be back. How are you? <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> well, I, so literally the first thing I saw when Dan woke me up this morning, because he's my human alarm clock, because I don't have to listen. Anyways, so he woke me up and he just put his phone in my face and it took me like a minute. I thought he was showing me the time and I saw that and I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. It's wild. I, I woke up. It was my. Um, it was my hanging out in the shower, ignoring my family, playing on my phone, um, <laughs> reading this morning. I was. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, not going to go into what I do in the shower too often, too much. But uh, I was yeah, just basically sitting there on my sitting on my phone reading it, and I thought to myself, "Oh God, what a what timing, what a day, what a wonderful day." It's just wild the way the universe works, man. So, what have you been up to since we last chatted? Yeah, I've been watching uh, a ton of stuff. Obviously, I run a movie podcast, so I have, in recent years, become more of a TV TV watcher as well. So, I think everybody that's here knows how much I love Marvel. So, I was going to chat about the Marvel TV shows, which I've watched. Loki was uh, pretty mm-hmm. good. Hawkeye was good. Um, WandaVision was alright. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier was not good. <laughs> that's the best way to just. So I watched the first episode of Loki and couldn't get into it. I wanted to watch Hawkeye. It's on my to-watch list because I keep a list of all the shows that I am watching or want to watch or have watched. I started this little OCD thing at the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm a psychopath. (laughs) Um, But that's on my list is Hawkeye. And then WandaVision, I really liked... Because of like, especially the hybrid or like the integrating of like the TV stuff that I'm obviously so into Mm. along with comic books was super cool to me. And I don't think, I think, I don't think I watched the, no, I didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier at all. Yeah, yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier had an interesting plot and premise. It could have been a movie. It was, um, I just didn't feel like there was enough substance here to sort of draw it out. It's similar to... Uh, if anybody's heard me talk about the Eternals, like I think the Eternals shouldn't have been a movie. I think it should have been a TV series. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier should have been a movie and not a TV series. So they should have swapped. So yeah, yeah, that would have been probably better from what I'm hearing. I just yeah, the whole relationship between Falcon and Winter Soldier, I feel like, is just based on that one moment when they were in the car and they're like these guys are great. We should make a show about them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was just them nodding along at Steve getting some, and that was it. They were like, "Yep, that's it. Let's make a show." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we can at least get 10 hours out of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, speaking of Sebastian Stan, Hulu is doing that Tommy and Pam or Pam and Tommy miniseries. I started watching that. It is wild. I did not expect it to be so graphic. Oh. Um, there is... So there is, a, I know it's not his real penis, but they do a full frontal of Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee, and he's like talking to his dick, and then his dick turns up and looks at him and starts talking what at him. I swear to you, <laughs> it is the Holy wildest shit. shit. 
I'm not going to lie. If we weren't recording this, we would have got into that because I've been rewatching Jessica Jones in preparation for this. But uh, that was next on the list for me and me and my wife to watch. So can't wait. Can't wait. I'm I watched sold. the first three. <laughs> I, the new episode is out, so I haven't watched that yet. Um, I also watched season one of Euphoria. We watched the window, the woman across the street from the girl in the window. Um, and then what else? Oh, we started We're All Dead and oh, yeah. The Righteous Gemstones is back. So I watched the first couple episodes of that. Mm-hmm. But that's all I've watched because then I also binge the fuck out of Jessica Jones. I think I finished season one maybe like less than a week ago. So I binged all of season two and three in less than a week. Jeez, I'm so, so proud of you. I know. So proud of you. Psycho. <laughs> I finished season three last night at like nine o'clock. Oh, I'm so jealous. I've only managed to get through season <laughs> one. I've started trying. That's. Yeah. Been I, I'm wondering how this conversation is going to go after a certain point. I'm very curious. Yeah, because I feel like I am going to be season one centric. I mean, I've watched seasons two and three oh, good. maybe twice each. Okay, I've, that's good. I think I've seen season two twice. I think I've seen season three three times, actually. You, dude, yeah. you're good. So I had only seen season three once before this, and I think I don't think Dan and I rewatched season two before season three came out. So I might have only seen each of them once. Mm, mm. But I've seen the first one a few times. But they're yeah. all I've seen them all recently, and I've got extensive notes. So yes. awesome. But before we get to Jessica Jones. So this series premiered in 2015 alongside of some truly fucking phenomenal television. Um, We had Better Call Saul, which season, the last season is coming out. Um, Fans are projecting April 18th based on like a recent tweet. So hopefully we're getting that soon. Um, Schitt's Creek, which I'm actually going to be covering next month with Sean from the Ink and Ash podcast. He's coming back. Um, and then your favorite, Daredevil, and Grace and Frankie. Oh, Some wow. Some fucking awesome TV. It was, there's a lot more that are also awesome, but I'm going to be doing 2015 again next month with Shits Creek, so there you go. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yep. Um, for a little bit of perspective, we had, for the movies, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man come out. Um, and then Tom Hardy freaking was everywhere with Mad Max, Fury Road, The Revenant, and Legend. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, oh. We love Tom Hardy at this podcast. Absolutely. He's just... Anyways, um, music. We had <laughs> Uptown Funk with Mark Ronson uh, featuring Bruno Mars. Adele came back from a four-year hiatus with Hello. I don't fuck with you with Big Sean featuring E-40. And then Chandelier by Sia, which I always love to try to sing. Nice. I'm not going to right now. And then pop culture wise, I may have, forgive me if any of these are repeats from the Daredevil episode. I didn't have, I have like this, this is going to again express what a crazy first name. So I have a big binder that says look back by year and it's got a tab for each year starting at like sometime in the late 80s and it goes to like the late teens or like the early teens the early Mm. teens and it's one page of the top tv movies music and pop culture so it's like all of this freaking history but it stopped i didn't have it for 2015 so i don't know what i said before (laughs) anyhow caitlin jenner had her vanity fair cover shot by annie Leibowitz. 
Uh, Netflix and chill became part of the lexicon. And then there was this whole Real Housewives debate that was like apparently big enough to put on one of these lists. There was this guy on Orange County, a boyfriend, who there was a contingency as to whether or not he was faking cancer. So we were all in that debate. And Housewives fan Emily Higgins, this was the year of does Brooks Ayers have cancer or not? Um, Okay. Sorry. Whoosh. I feel like I'm super weird now. <laughs> Never seen a Housewives episode in my entire life. I, I feel like I'm missing out. Sure, totally. But uh, yeah. I, if you if you want to crack open that egg and have me tell you all about that, we can do that another time. I do not, I do not want to get sidetracked because that will be a long detour. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So Jessica Jones aired from 2015 to 2019 for three seasons, 39 episodes on Netflix. It is rated a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, It follows Jessica at the end of her tragically brief superhero career as she tries to rebuild her life as a private investigator dealing with cases involving people with remarkable abilities in New York. It stars Kristen Ritter, Rachel Tyler, Eka Danville, Carrie-Anne Moss, Rebecca De Mornay, David Tennant, John Bentamelia, and Mike Coulter. That was a lot of talking for me. It was. So I'm going to let you talk. Well Tell done. me what you love about Jessica Jones. What is there not to love? Jessica Jones is obviously a Marvel property. I've read the comics alias that it's based on. Um, and... They did a very good job in terms of accurately representing some of the comic aspects without obviously having all the Marvel heavy hitters to rely on. So like in the comics, her best friend is Captain Marvel and one of her very first cases involves Captain America. So they obviously couldn't put that into this TV series. But the, the TV series itself does a really good job of conveying a real gritty realism that you don't really get too often in superhero properties. You know, usually the two sort of out there wacky, and especially of Marvel, they've always made them a little bit more comedic than they need to be. At the same time, it's not Zack Snyder's universe. You know, there's still a bit of light and life within these characters and a bit of hope and all that sort of stuff. So I just, it's one of those series that like I've watched it and enjoyed it. It's not as high for me as Daredevil. Obviously, anyone that listened to the episode heard me go full ecstatic and just <laughs> absolute overjoyed to be talking about it. Since I do a movie podcast, we don't get a chance to talk about those those sorts of shows. So yeah, it's just I, I don't know. I just love it. Um, Kristen Ritter, by the way, I used to think she sucked. I, I remember seeing her in Breaking Bad. I never watched. I think I maybe watched one or two episodes of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three, and I remember just thinking, I can't stand this girl. I can't stand her. She's like, she's she's really great at playing a playing an antihero or play basically playing a villain. I should say she's just more. Mm-hmm. She's got that evil, sort of sarcastic, horrible, ruthless look about her. So when she was announced, I was like, oh, God, I don't know how I'm going to push myself through this. But honestly, within an episode or two, she won me over the first time around. Second time, third time, fourth time, whatever I'm up to now, rewatching the series, she's still there. She delivers it in spades. And I'm just, it's amazing. I agree. I think Kristen Ritter brings a vulnerability to this character that is so interesting as a juxtaposition to like her strength and her like kind of hard exterior i think she's just so dynamic in this role yeah absolutely and she's given like she's given a lot to do like obviously the show is named after her and it's based on her and all that sort of stuff but you know like rather than daredevil they had quite a lot of supporting characters which sort of carry the show 
to her, there's a lot there that she has to basically shoulder most of it herself. To the point that when, I mean, I'll talk about it later, but uh, just preview for later. I mean, there's to the point that when there's other side characters that start getting their own storylines, you sort of just stop paying attention. Whereas like her, she's so enigmatic and charismatic and engaging and vulnerable and all, everything that you're like. She's such a like convolution of different feelings and emotions and all that sort of stuff that you can't help but watch her. You can't help but root for her. You can't help but understand her sometimes. You can't help but feel sorry for her. She's just, yeah, awesome. I was going to say, one of the things that I liked about this series is it's constantly wrestling with morality and working within the gray. And a lot of characters are trying to find, like, where is that line that they won't cross? Like, what is too far? And it's kind of interesting to see it play out and develop for some characters over the entire three seasons. So I like that a lot about it. Yeah. Um, And I also like a detective noir genre. Like, I love that shit. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what got me. Like, as, as soon as the credits start rolling and you see the color palette they're using and then the, you know, mostly being shot at night type thing for the first episode, you're like, okay, I get this. This is fully, like, a gritty real crime drama type thing but at the same time wrapped up into a superhero bow it's yeah it's really good well so i wasn't familiar at all with jessica jones before watching the series so i came to know her through this show and to learn about like i didn't even know what her superpower was or anything so it was kind of interesting to be fully introduced through just the tv series yeah, she's not the most popular superhero, I'll put it that way. She mm-hmm. was created, I believe, in 2001 by Brian Michael Bendis, who's sort of been a modern saviour of comics. Uh, interestingly, she was, I think she's the first Marvel comic to use the word fuck, and it's like full glory, like actually written on the page. And, and anybody out there that's like hasn't got into comics that is... Um, you know, it's not their thing sort of thing. It's it's nothing like any other comic before. Like, it's not panels. It's like really weird, out there, surreal art. It's... um. Yeah, like similar to the show, really engaging, gritty, dark storylines. Uh, there's, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's really good. It's um, it's the one comic my wife's actually read and gone. Okay, now I can see why you enjoy these things. And then I've given her other ones. And just goes, I hate these. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> comics tell good stories. That's what people that don't read comics are, you know, maybe not aware of that the storytelling. It's not light and light and bright or like superficial or just not like they get fucking into it it's good ass stories they are they're good ass stories and it, pretty much anyone that's listening to this that's seen a good comic book movie and gone you know that was really good chances are they've stayed pretty close to the source material whereas the ones that are god awful are the ones where the writer's gone oh okay he's a batman sweet you know let's give him a credit card or you know what i mean it's like the real wacky out there ones yeah. that people hate you know catwoman's a good example are ones that have been deviated Oof. so far from the storyline <laughs> that you're like it's got no resemblance to what's made it good and to start with so yeah, I mean, the, the showrunners on this, Kristen Ritter especially, they knew what they were dealing with. They knew the the character, the source material, and they've actually really done a really good job of conveying what makes you awesome. And yeah, I just love it. It's so good. Yes, excellent. I do also like that we get a pretty much fully female-driven comic book series, which you know the genre. Like, that's not super common. You'll get the occasional like Captain Marvel movie where she's got her pretty much girl click but i can't think of another one where it's like this many and even jerry they changed jerry i think he was a man in the comics they made her a female so like yeah man i love that yeah 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 that was that was pretty cool and pretty out there to do i mean especially because you know they were dealing with the iron fist the luke cage daredevil 
Punisher properties and just to be like, nah, the second one out the gates did uh, is Jessica Jones. So that's pretty big leap for them rather than, you know, using some of those established characters. Like, they, I mean, like, as much as no one knows who Jessica Jones are, I mean, at least some people knew who Luke Cage was and then a few people knew who mm-hmm. Iron Fist were. You know, these guys have been around since the 70s, whereas Jessica Jones is definitely, definitely the most recent, 2001, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I also think that this was such a great follow-up punch to the first season of Daredevil was the first season of Jessica Jones. It's fucking sold me on Marvel-Netflix combo for sure. I was so obsessed. Same. Same. I was, yeah, I was fully into it. I mean, we've been talking about other shows for me to come back and do, but Jessica Jones, Daredevil, yep, those were the first two that I was like, this is this is awesome. This is a great new direction. We're getting blood you know we're getting swearing we're getting alcoholism we're getting you know like dark dark shit dark shit people having real life consequences none of this like happy clappy hey yeah beat the villain hey next movie you know what i mean like it's just like the carrying weight and emotional baggage and everything that you want and it's a shame that like luke cage was you know middling and then iron fist let's not talk about that but it was like it was such a (laughs) great start i don't think i ever watched luke cage really yeah luke cage was good for six episodes yeah i got like two weeks yeah luke cage good for six episodes and then yeah after that not so much yeah i feel like that's what happened because i think that dan was hooey hold on no, I think it was with the X, and that's when I wasn't watching it. Oh. Yeah. And then I never went back to it. <laughs> I was like, wait, when, where was I in 2016? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so who are some of your favorite characters? Uh, yeah, we've obviously mentioned JJ. She was pretty awesome. Um, Rachel Taylor is Trish. Like, Trish Walker was, like, badass cool. And I feel like I'm talking about recency bias because I remember loving her in season one and then being perpetually annoyed by her by the end of season two and three. Yes. And some of the choices yes. we made, like we we as you like it's it's good, it's great acting, and it's like good writing and all that sort of stuff, but you can't help but get annoyed by some of the stuff that she's doing. You know, and that they that's the intention. Like as you mentioned, they're walking these morally grey areas. Like they're trying to be good people, but they're, you know, doing bad things to get there. And I think she does a good job of it uh malcolm grew on me you know he he was a right to start with and oh carrie Ann moss is um is hogarth oh she's so good i'm pretty sure i said the same thing in the daredevil episode but yeah she's awesome yes we you literally just hit the nail on the head for me with uh hogarth and carrie Ann moss like these are the characters that like, you're they're intended to feel a certain way about them and as much as i enjoyed her performance and thought she did a great job. I could never put Jerry on my list of favorite characters because she's just like <laughs> such a predatory creep that like she really skeeves me out. I can't imagine that could have ever played well, played as a man, the way that she is so freaking like just predatory. Yeah. She's so like creepy, especially with like Inez in season two. Like that was skeevy. Like the shit that she does with Kith, like getting her husband like fucking ousted and then he commits suicide and you still think you fucking got a chance with her and are trying to manipulate that shit. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew, Jerry. Yeah, I shouldn't say she's my favorite character. I should say she's one of my favorite performances. I think yeah. Or it, she's yeah. the performance is fantastic. Yeah. It's the same goes for David Tennant Mwah. as Purple Man. I mean he or Kilgrave, I should say. Like the performance is amazing. This like his character's well written. He's like not a one dimensional villain, you know, and then at the same time he's not a sympathetic villain. They've just played him for pure villainry. Like he knows what he's doing and he's just 
a master manipulator and at the same time like well i say he's one of my favorite characters hell no favorite performance favoritely well written you know oh. acted everything like that absolutely yeah yeah the first half of season one for me like that was the best and like Kilgrave was the creepiest because they used this purple lighting like where jessica would like start to have a ptsd mm. and so she would close her eyes and like purple light and like he would come in from off screen and lick her face or like whisper in her ear like <laughs> and then the fucking fear that literally anybody coming around the corner could be controlled by him and then that little eight-year-old girl that comes up and cusses her up and down like you're a fucking bitch you left him to die in the street like a dog the shit they did with his character was so fucking creepy and then like when it got to the house the childhood house like he wasn't creepy anymore yeah 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 he turned into something else yeah yeah it like lost that tension for me and then all of a sudden he just turned into like a creepy stalker guy yeah yeah agreed so that sucked i feel like re-watching these maybe it was because i watched them so fast but like 13 episodes per season feels long i feel like in each of the three seasons it kind of loses steam two-thirds of the way through like maybe if this was eight to ten episodes it would have been a little snappier did you notice that at all when you were rewatching it? <laughs> Absolutely. I was just about to say, I'm not going to lie. There was a point there where I said to Stacey, I was like, oh, can't wait for the final episode. And then we realized we're up to episode nine. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I know. I thought it was only like eight or ten episodes. I was like, all right, we're doing this. We're going to end. It's like, oh, my God, there's still so much left. Yeah. How is there this much left? And don't get me wrong. Like, it's 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 a slog, but it's like a enjoyable slog. You know, it's like you get through it, but it's, yeah. There, there's certainly certainly that and i think i think most tv shows have now shown that you can do a lot in six to eight episodes you can have like really tightly compact well constructed and and deliver on an awesome premise and storyline in, in eight episodes and this would have been prime for it like don't get me wrong there's a couple of episodes there that i still enjoy even though i know they're filler but there's yeah yep a hundred percent. I thought that hope schlotman storyline was so intriguing and creepy to start and then it like it just lost it like she was pregnant with this baby that shit's crazy yeah 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 hope slotman was a she was easily one of the most like hooked in things of like this is amazing and then it just ended in such an abysmally poor fashion and you know like i suppose that's what the show is is it shows people make and crazy decisions like we're talking about working in that gray area they will make they'll act on impulse and emotion they won't think through their decisions before they do them and at the same time it's like you know stabbing yourself in the neck so that jessica jones is free i mean really like you couldn't just do something else like pretend you've killed yourself no you had to kill yourself you know yeah so i i'm gonna skip i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say i was gonna talk more about things that i enjoyed with the first half of season one but i'm gonna finish or at least start telling you some of my favorite characters because i forgot to even go there of course, yeah. and i think you didn't even finish we went down a fucking rabbit hole <laughs> absolutely okay so obviously jessica and then i liked clemens who was the antique and cop in season one and also i really loved costa in seasons two and three mm, yeah and they like rounded his character out and like gave him you some perspective on like his family life and that he was present in the station like when Kilgrave made all the cops put the guns to their heads and shit yeah i love costa 
I, I liked Clemens as well, especially because we've just finished rewatching The Wire. And so I, Stacey was like, hey! And I was like, yes, it is. It's Lester. And we were like, you know, just pretending that he's moved to New York from Baltimore and changed his name. We were like convinced that that's all that's happened. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like a Bruce Willis type of thing to do, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then Dorothy is one of those characters that was kind of like Hogarth, but in the end, like the transition with her story, I felt comfortable putting her on my list yeah. as favorite characters because like i didn't even realize that was rebecca de mornay until i literally was writing up the information for the show i fucking just blew my mind it wasn't her in the first season though was it it was a different actress i i don't know that and she didn't look different to me when uh. i was watching it i didn't notice and say that was somebody else well, maybe i'm just flaking on what rebecca de mornay normally looks like yeah i i know i definitely remember yeah. her as season two and three but maybe maybe i'm wrong anyway yeah that was that was wild and i loved um the banter especially between dorothy and jessica because they were both just savage with each other like there was one phone call where i think dorothy was looking for trish and (laughs) jess tells to her sleep it off she goes you sleep it off like they're both (laughs) boozy bitches dorothy leaves jessica the contents of her liquor cabinet and her will like a fucking these two bitches yeah what a boss yeah that was awesome and then I liked Jillian, the receptionist from season three. She was very no-nonsense and was not having Jessica's shit. I loved her. Yeah, that, that was good, too. Yeah. Did you have any other favorite characters? No, nah, that was that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it, yeah. I, I agree with the ones okay. you said and uh, obviously my other ones that I sort of mentioned, yeah. Excellent. All right, well, who do you not like? Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah i'm ready let's get this fucking shit on the road son i'm gonna save one for one of your last questions because i want to bring her up later but and you you probably might bring her up as well but um the the one that pisses me off the most is simpson aka nuke from the comics oh god he just did my head in i just couldn't stand him he was like Ah, oh, just so frustratingly annoying. Like when he was first used by Kilgrave, and then we saw the emotional devastation that it had taken on him, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's cool. That's a that's a good storyline. He's he's run his course." But when we were watching it the second time, and you know, when he starts taking his pills and turns and which Nuke does in the comics, when he starts taking his pills and becomes, you know, Mister Mister Captain America, but without the morals and ethics. Yeah, that was. And then attacks Jessica Jones and Trish. I was like, ah, oh, just. We we skipped it. We actually skipped the fight scene. We skipped all his all his drama. We were like, well, I can't be bothered with this. It's like you know, late at night. We want to finish this episode before we go to bed. So we just <laughs> skipped him. We were like, he's just so he just drags it down. And like when he shoots Plemons and you know when he goes, then follows up with burning down the building and all his stuff is doing and all his like special ops and all that sort of stuff. There was a start at the start. I did feel sorry for him because I was like, this guy is clearly a professional. You guys should listen to him. And Trish and Jessica just treat him like garbage. And then I fucking love that. I love that as well. But then I, I was like, I felt a little sorry for him. And then after that, I was like, oh, just get get this guy out of the show. He's he's not doing anything. He's not serving any purpose. He's serving small dick energies. What he's serving? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, who else? Uh, Malcolm, I'd said come around, yes! but oh my god, yeah, sanctimonious asshole. Jesus, <sighs> he's just. I'm not interested. He's sanctimonious that he's tossing a dead body in the harbor. And I'm like, what the, f- the what are you doing? And getting a BJ from a freaking hooker. Yeah, exactly. While your girlfriend's calling. Exactly. And then gaslighting her and making her think that she's the reason why you guys can't be together. Like, you're 
I don't I don't care for Malcolm. I thought he was interesting when you found out what Kilgrave had actually done to this man, gotten him fucking addicted to drugs so that if his voice wear off, that's some fucked up shit. Yeah. And I'm glad for him to see him get clean and like fight all that. But then after that, like once he got clean, I was like, okay, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> and was... he was hoeing. God, he was hoeing in season two. And then him and Trish banged. That was weird. Yeah, that was weird. It's funny because I feel like the show does a really good job of setting up these characters and for you to like them or, you know, you, you're sort of indifferent and then you might like them and then they just pull the rug from under you and you're like, I can't stand this person now. You know, and he, he was sort of like that. Trish was sort of like that. Um, Simpson was sort yep. of like that. Like, There's so many of them that you're like, oh, you know, can't keep it up. Yeah, th- those were the main ones. Those are the main ones that's thought of. Oh, and then Jessica Jones's mum, oh, I can't remember her name. Is it Aly- Alyssa or something? Yeah, oh. Alyssa. Man, like... Yeah. As much as, like, I, I haven't gone back to rewatch season two, whereas, right, with season three, I went back and watched it twice more, I think. But with season two, I only watched it once more, and that was on a, like, a watch through of the entire thing. And she just dragged it down. There was something about her. But, I mean, I, I feel like you're going to shortchange yourself if you have David Tennant, you know, who's a quite well-respected, awesome actor playing the main villain in the first season, and then you introduce her into the second season and go for the typical marvel thing of you know oh they've got family problems oh it's their parent that you know oh they're rebelling against oh they've got similar powers blah blah and he's just like no please don't introduce something crazy and new and different and outlandish you know go yeah. go for it felt contrived to yes. have her mother be a alive and then like the main villain it was just there's a i feel like there's a good amount of contrived storylines that with shorter seasons we wouldn't have had to make these fucking gymnastics all over creation to give us a storyline yeah exactly just make it simple yeah i just like we've already got the family drama with you know kilgrave and his parents and then trish and her parents it's like we it'd be nice to have just this normalcy of like hope schlotman and her parents yeah exactly (laughs) it's like if (laughs) <laughs> like we could just leave it jessica jones's parents died and she got these powers like it's you know the, the standard superhero origin story is you know what created batman is all that sort of stuff but at the same time it's like you know we don't need to introduce this we can leave it at that you know it, it was yeah it was definitely contrived i called her the meat-faced monster in my notes <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> yep yep i did kind of like dr carl he seemed cool he always had the great band shirts and stuff on underneath his lab coat which i appreciate that's true that was good yeah he seemed like good people even if jessica like hat took issue with what he was doing yeah that's a good point anyhow um okay so i don't like trish in seasons two and three i actually liked her in season one i thought she was pretty freaking interesting and tolerable but then she she became somebody who thought that she knew what was right and what was wrong and that she could do all of that by herself and her shit didn't stink yeah and she had the stinkiest shit absolutely yeah uh malcolm we talked about and then the season three villain they dropped the fucking ball again with the (laughs) salinger dude this guy fucking sucked he was not scary he was a whiny douchebag that wanted to fucking posture all day i could not yeah i I was gonna leave him for you because he was he was something else yeah season one having david Tennant as that villain even if it did wah wah like halfway through was still such a good pairing and so interesting but like these last two villains you can't have a good series with a bad villain 
Absolutely. Like, I really enjoyed season three, but it was more of the breakdown between Trish and Jessica as opposed to anything that the villain was doing, you know? It was, or, you know, or even the evolution of Jessica in a lot of ways. Whereas, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. The the villain for me is just so memorable that having not rewatched it recently, I've only got glimpses in my head of him and what he was doing. And I just remember being incredibly frustrated and like, come on, you guys could have got somebody better than this. Really? Yeah. It's like just some dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm saving my last one that I don't like because I have a feeling you already alluded to her, so I'm going to let you save it for the for the final round. If you don't say it, I'll be saying something. Yep. Okay. So, I, so there is a few running goofs and gags that I noticed. Like, primarily in season one, you get the whole thing with Jessica's door because it's just always fucked up. And then they even break it again. Once Trish gets it fixed, it gets broken again in the Simpson battle that you skipped through. Mm. And then... um. Jessica basically will complain like she's basically wearing this freaking boots and leather jacket and jeans everywhere even in the midst of like complaining about a heat wave she's like even in this heat wave blah blah blah, somebody would need anger management and she's like wearing a leather fucking jacket and she wears (laughs) it on the beach at the beginning of season three exactly so that I'll, shit's funny yeah yeah I, I was trying to think of that of like recurring gags I liked and I was like chronic alcoholism is that a, is that a recurring gag <laughs> Oh, savage. Oh, and then season three, that Jillian receptionist was constantly telling her, like, the time she's like, and I'll be leaving because it's 4.59. It's 12.30. It's time for my 30-minute mandated lunch break. I'm like, this bitch. (laughs) Yeah, she was awesome. (laughs) I loved it. All right, so what are some of your favorite moments, story arcs, episodes, seasons? Yeah, yeah, as I said, enjoyed season three. Uh, season two was a bit of a non-event. Season one, absolutely, from start to finish, was pretty enjoyable. L- definitely loved the seeing the relationship and the breakdown and everything that happens between her and Kilgrave in season one. Uh, also, like the introduction of Luke Cage. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yeah. Was, here we go. Some superhero sex. Just what we've always wanted. Uh, that was that was cool. Like, Luke, oh, we haven't even really mentioned him. He was he was a great introduction no. to him. And he, um, yeah, it's, it's it was a great introduction. And I, I felt like their relationship was pretty out there and different. You know, discovering that she'd actually murdered his wife was such a small world moment. But at the same time, add some depth to her and... Made you sit there going, come on, Jessica, just tell him, just do something, just say something, just, you know, fess up, just come on. And then when she finally does have that moment where she admits to everything, you're like, oh, yeah, good on you. Good on you, Jess. Love your work. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Those those are the main things, yeah. I was going to say they did a good job of, like, leaving it a mystery as to why she was even following Luke because, like, we didn't know. And so that was slowly revealed to us. And then there's also that awesome scene with Luke where she is going to save because, like, the rugby team is going to beat his ass. And, like, it's just Luke (laughs) and Jessica Jones casually beating the shit out of these guys. Fucking adorable. And then, and then when he goes to tell her, this is the one thing that I was like, what the fuck? He goes to tell her that he's invulnerable. And so he's basically sitting in her apartment in the dark and she comes in and he plugs in a fucking table saw or, like, a chance that he's like i can't apparently carried with him over here to break into this woman's apartment and show him that he's invulnerable anyways that was fucking wild yeah but i liked luke we didn't really get any did we get resolution of what happened with their relationship between the seasons not really there was he pops up in one episode doesn't he in season three at the very end of season three yeah and it's it's really bizarre because it's like 
he's come all the way from Harlem. He walks in, he talks to her for 20 seconds and he walks out the door again. And it's like, okay, you know, like I'll obviously put that in there for like as a cameo to show, you know, like, cause they knew at yeah. this point, they knew during season three that this was the end, you know, like they were, they weren't going to get any more seasons. And so they wanted to have sort of a nice little cameo between the two of them, but it's, it's like something that you watch and go, that could have been a phone call. you know, <laughs> Right. That <laughs> could have been an email. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One um um go ahead yeah one other thing I've got to bring up is uh I I loved that we got the wizard in in <laughs> in this TV series anybody that's familiar with Marvel comics will know that there's like ten thousand characters and there's like a ton that no one's ever heard of from like the Golden Age and the Silver Age of comics and one of them was called the wizard and he he was basically Marvel's answer to the Flash he could run really fast. And so they introduced this guy, this guy Coleman, who's had tests done on him by IGH, and he basically is a fear-based superhero, so when he gets scared, he can run really fast. And I was like, <laughs> they put the wizard in a TV series? Like, this is, like, this is mind-blowing, you know? Like, to put it in perspective, Batman has a... um has a villain called Condiment King who literally squirts mustard and tomato sauce at Batman. Like, if that popped up in a TV series, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's that, that popped level. up in Lego Batman. He did. Yeah, exactly. There's a great example. Yeah, if you've seen Lego Batman, that's the one and only time I've seen him in, in one of these properties. So, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so a couple things that I liked. We already kind of mentioned um, that Will, when Will and Jessica Jones and Trish team up in season one to capture Kilgrave, I love the dynamic of the trio because the women mm. treat him like a side piece who should just stand there and look pretty. And then, like, he is pretty effing patronizing sometimes, like, with Trish behind the wheel of the van or whatever. Um, and he's like asking her if she's going to be okay. And if she knows how to drive stick. Um, <laughs> so that's yeah. fucking annoying. Oh, and then Kilgrave getting Jessica out of police custody when she's trying to turn herself in for oh. Ruben. Like, first of all, it was fucked up having Ruben slit his own throat. Like he's a nice kid. He's yeah. a nice kid. But like, and then like the whole having the cops, like there's nothing this bitch can do. She's just stuck. She has to go. Yeah, that was super creepy. That that cops scene is the, the like. If you mention the word Jessica Jones, the first thing that plugs into my memory is her sitting at her desk with bourbon or or that cop seat. Like those are the first two things I think of when I mention you know the TV series. I loved it. It was so good. It made me seriously question what the hell is going on when um, you know, when they like try to explain the fact that he's like, you know, we've got no proof of this guy. We've got no proof of him happening. It's just like, he did that to a whole police station. And then, and then we get the, the cop saying, oh, you know, but if, if we put that out in the courts, then the entire, <laughs> the entire department would have to go on suicide watch leave or whatever. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. But it was a bit of a, bit yeah, of it's fucking wild. Yeah. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, Hope Slotman, at the end of episode one, where she gets in the elevator and yes. she just turns and like faces Jessica Jones, like that look, and then like the the whole thing, like when she's still emptying the clips and she looks at Jessica and goes, "Smile." Yeah, it's fucking yeah. amazing. It was so amazing. Good. I loved getting a lot of the flashbacks. I really loved. Um, it kind of rounded out the characters and showed you some stuff. But one, the one that I really loved is you see how Kilgrave met Jessica it was because she was saving Malcolm from getting beat up. Yes. That's super fucked up. That was so good. A lot of and yeah. A lot of the other stuff too of like Kilgrave, like as you mentioned, like the you know, Schlotman shooting appearance. But a lot of the, a lot of those scenes where Kilgrave's told somebody to do something and then they just do it and it's like, wow, this is just so out there and awesome. Yeah. 
Well, like when he, it shows, because they don't even show David Tennant's face until a few episodes in. So like yep. the first time you actually see him, it's like an over the shoulder shot. And he's going into these people's houses and making them be okay with it and tells the kids to go in the closet and they can piss themselves in there. Yeah. Jesus. That shit was wild. Yeah, absolutely. This motherfucker is so creepy. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, oh God! And then, then when they're she's trying to get Doctor Karada, and she follows him, but she got to him. Oh, she got to him because of the ambulance driver, the one that he took both the ambulance driver's kidneys, and he's sitting at home like with this whole dialysis machine, and his mom is like some crazy Jesus freak. Yes, and he's trying to write to Jessica, and he's writing "kill me." Like yes. what the fuck? You're sitting there waiting for Kilgrave, and then it was just kill me. Yeah, that was that was <gasps> insane. That was absolutely insane. Like this kind of dark shit, you would never get in any of the Marvel movies. Oh hell no! Did, no. did they ever? They've never, right? I'm not no. crazy. No, no, the MCU has never gone anywhere near as dark as this. The only time Marvel movies themselves have gone this dark would probably be Punisher Warzone or Deadpool to a certain extent. Even then, Deadpool plays it for laughs. It's it's never. It's never this just like raw and gritty and real. No. It's it's absolutely crazy. Oh, and for you, because you'll appreciate this, there's two times in the first season where Luke says sweet Christmas. Yes. And I thought they were both very funny. Yeah, I loved it. I loved Made it. Made me so happy. Yeah. Because uh, I wasn't expecting it. The first one time was like after sex, and the next time was like when they were getting ready to destroy a lot of weed, which made me sad. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, fair enough. And then it was also amazing when um, Jessica follows Simpson and gets to where Kilgrave is staying and she like sees him just standing in the living room and then she chases after him or whatever and like has to fight the whole family and there's that room with all the pictures of her up on the fucking wall. So creepy. So it's, creepy. It's, it was so fucking good. And then like the second half of the season, just when he introduced Kilgrave's parents and like, it, I don't, it, I lost it. Yeah, the Simpson getting his boys together. Like I just, I didn't. It wasn't it. Yeah, I know. Like they, they could have done something with Simpson to turn him into the pill popping superhero that he thinks he is. That could have been a little less. I don't know, a little less on the nose. But you're right. I, I, I loved the the scene where she shows up at the house and then you know has to fight off the entire family. There, there was one moment there where it was like the the cat jumping out during a horror film where the <laughs> the mother just jumps out from the side. She's like, Wee! And I was like. <laughs> I was like, it needed it. It was it like it, I needed a little bit of humor, and so it was. It was pretty funny. It was pretty hilarious. Oh, and then Jessica says at one point, "I hope you're a family of three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so other shit that I liked. Um, I got that. Oh, in season three, there was one funny part where they're like trying to get Salinger's records from the local police station from where he grew up. And so Jess texts Trish like Patsy needs to have a meltdown. So she like sets off her car alarm and is freaking out. And she says something like, I'm psychologically shutting down. This is very triggering for me. <laughs> I was just funny to see her kind of be light and funny instead of Miss Intensity know-it-all. Yeah, exactly. And Trish was best when she was doing that, when she was being light and funny. And yeah, yeah. I mean, because in the comic, she's a superhero. She's Hellcat. And so she was yeah. turning into that. And yeah, just, yeah, it was a shame. It was a shame she went the way she did. 
I would have loved to have seen a season four, obviously, but yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I would trust this show with a season four for 13 episodes. No, nah, not for 13 episodes. I, I feel like, you know, we got a Defenders TV series and I feel like it would have been nice to have got a Defenders season two where we got to see some of this, you know, play out. Like some of these un unresolved storylines from Daredevil, Iron Fist, um, Jessica Jones, all that sort of stuff. So maybe not even a Jessica Jones season four, maybe just a, a Defender season two that, you know, address some of these things. That I'm good with, yeah. Okay, so what do you not like about the show? I know we've touched on a few things. Yeah, I mean, the, as I said, the main one was season two for me and the mother. What else has we got? Yeah, I mean, it just it just lost a lot of what made it good in some ways. Um I feel like we've talked about everything. I can't really think of anything else that sort of springs <laughs> I know, to mind. We've kind of like naturally covered it. Yeah, I feel like All we right, have. So I have a, I have a couple of things like Trisha's story arc, starting when, yep. with when she takes that combat drug. Crap. Um, the shift in Kilgrave. I said, oh, I want your cray cray. So let's talk about this fucking song and how fucking god awful it was and super cringy with the music video. This song is the literal reason that I'm happy I'm losing my hearing. It's so bad. I just agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yep. Oh, and then the last thing I had that we hadn't mentioned is we need to talk about Trisha's hero outfit and, like, attire. This fucking, the little scarf and then the beanie. Yeah. It's just not cute. It's it's not. It's not. I mean, it's, I, it's so ugly. I feel like they're trying to, I don't know, echo daredevil's outfit in the first season but it's like i don't know what the hell right? you're doing i don't know why how you do i speaking of trivia i do love that she brought up um why don't you become that trish in season one had that costume for jessica jones which was and why don't you be jewel because in the comics they kind of retroactively which they do a lot sort of say that jessica jones was in the avengers and she was called jewel and she was only in them for a short amount of time and she wore that costume i was like that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i like that yeah well, and then they gave Trish when she was trying on outfits. She had the Hellcat on outfit on at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And then they like even made a joke at some point that cats are very in right now for that's your superhero right. name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Is there anything that you would change about the show at all? Yeah, the the main change. I feel is, like we've talked about a lot. We we have. The only other thing is like if you're gonna make it thirteen episodes, I really. I'm happy with filler episodes where you could almost do like case of the week, you know, like you could have Jessica Jones investigating something like a side quest, yes. basically, where something's coming to her life, something strange and odd that she's got to do. And like, yeah, obviously she does this throughout the show a little bit, but you almost want like whole episodes dedicated to other super powered villains that are taken down in one episode or, you know, like cheating husbands, spouses, all that sort of stuff. And you know, like, screw Batman, make her the world's greatest detective, you know, like, have her yes. investigating all these cases and, like, discovering seedy underbellies and even better, like, have them morally walking this like, this ground. Like, one of the favorite parts of season one is when she gets taken on that case and so she's following that guy around and then she discovers that the 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 woman is actually trying to kill superheroes because she thinks they're all, you know, evil after what the Avengers did to New York. And I was like, see, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like have this moral flip, have her employed to do what she thinks she's doing and then just flip them around in her face. Like something like that can be an awesome filler episode. And I sprinkle them in throughout the seasons. That would have been good. 
I 100% agree with you because I was thinking Sherlock Holmes where you get the different cases and it gives you a little bit of a reprieve from the main storyline and it gives some other things time to develop and it also like keeps you interested without having to spend 13 episodes focused on one fucking person. Exactly. It's just too much. And she doesn't have to succeed every time. She can have people get away or she can, you know, like... doesn't work out like she expected or she can be the hero you know she can gain some goodwill and stuff back with the police and with jerry you know like there could have been just those episodes that would have just fleshed it out a bit more 100 percent. well at the same time giving her character development which would have been good so yeah i also want to say that i did not care for the whole new influx of characters in season three because i felt like they didn't do a great job of filling them out and i really just felt like they were sucking up air and they felt like filler people. Yep. So we could have gotten rid of a lot of them. Yep, agreed. Um, or just, like, given them more to do or made them more interesting. Yeah. Because they sucked. Uh, and then we talked about each season losing momentum. So shorter seasons or more variety in story. Either way. Yep, absolutely. All right. Is there anything you want to say before we get to the final Mary Bang kill? <laughs> uh... I nah no nah, I feel like I've covered everything yeah I'm I'm good I'm absolutely good yeah excellent all right Sam who do you want to marry bang and kill okay this one is pretty hard for me I'm pretty sure in the Daredevil season and uh, I'm pretty sure in the Daredevil episode I brought up Rosario Dawson's character of Claire Temple <laughs> and, but mm-hmm. um and she she pops up one episode but I was like oh, I can't go back to the well I need to come up with something different so for Mary I'm gonna go with Pam who's Hogarth's assistant slash lover in season oh, one she was on my short list she's delightful she's an absolutely delightful she's good looking she covers for Hogarth when she needs to and you know, she's pretty good at that. She's also not naive, but she's quite loving and caring. And, uh, you know, I feel like I feel like she could, you know, be a good marriage. Um, as for Bang, I'm, I'm really struggling here because I'd love to have the opportunity to give Trish or Jessica the most disappointing night of their lives. So, <laughs> so it's hard. I'm, oh, I don't know. Because I love bourbon. I love blondes. But um, damn it. I don't know. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Listeners <laughs> out there, I mean, both obviously would be amazing, but uh, fuck. Nah, I'll go with Jessica Jones, so I've stick with a superhero. There you go. That's the correct answer. Yep. Trish is very bony. Yes, she would is. hurt. So there you go. Trish in season one was, yeah, m- maybe a front runner, but after after season two and three, probably not. Um, And then Kill, this, like the i don't know the chivalrous i don't know what you call it noble side of me wanted to say hope schlotman early in season one so jessica jones can kill kilgrave at about episode eight (laughs) (laughs) there was part of me but we've got to bring her up we've got to bring up robin the you know the yes god she sucks oh she sucks oh she's so terrible like, oh my She's God. She's so screechy. So screechy and annoying and self-righteous, but such a bitch. And it just, ah, oh, she fucking grinds my gears. When the actress popped up in The Boys, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, not her. God damn it, I not know. her. Her and Hope. They're both in The Boys. They I was are. like, oh, this fucking twat. I can't with her. I can't. And she's annoying in The Boys. I think I'm on season two right now, and I'm like, oh, more of her. No. Exactly. No more of her. Exactly. There was one funny part with her, though, when she was telling Jessica something like about herself, basically, and she turns to Robin and goes, lady, you were a very 
perceptive asshole. Yes, that's right. That the was only brilliant. Best, that's the only good part about Robin. Yeah, that was that was the only good part about Robin. Was yeah, there was that one scene where she was cool like that, and it, like even like the scene where she. Like, I cracked up at it. We were watching last night. The scene where she is told to hang herself, you know, with Malcolm and the other two, you know, when they're in that bar. And then she's like, yeah. going, she's like, oh, there's some really weird shit going on around here to the police officer. The police officer's just standing there going, yeah, um, speaking of which, ma'am, did you know you've got a whole bunch of lacerations around your neck that looks like you tried to hang yourself? <laughs> like, she is just like, even after she loses Ruben, she becomes even more somehow trying. Yeah. I hate Robin. Because that's the, you're right. Like, it's the craziest part. Like, the, her brother dies and you're like, man, I start to feel sorry for her. But then when she pops up, you're like, nah, thank God your brother died. Nah, man, fuck this bitch. <laughs> yeah, fuck her. I don't fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't fuck with her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bringing it back. Good work. Okay. So I am going to marry Jillian, the receptionist from season three, because oh, I yeah. feel like she and I would get along so fucking well. I can vibe with that chick. Yeah. She is just very blunt and direct and communicates properly and has a sense of humor and is helpful. I love her. Jillian for the win. I am going to bang Luke Cage because why the fuck wouldn't I? <laughs> Duh. What a way to go out, eh? What a way to go out. I mean, You'd never that survive man could it, pick but... you up and throw you all over. Jesus. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't throw me through the walls, though. That's a little aggressive. Yeah. I'm not into that. Uh, and then I'm going to kill Trish because she really, she nosedived so hard mm. and I really could not stand. She even got like a couple Trish-centric episodes in season three and I was just like, oh, God, 45 minutes of this. I can't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they made her the ultimate villain, which I had forgotten happened. Yeah. But I, she's like, this is my my power. I can kill people and not feel anything, and I'm not bad somehow. Such potential. Such potential wasted. Because Hellcat's kind of a cool character. She's kind of funny. It's like a, you know, it's, I don't know how you describe it. It's like if Batman was a TV personality, you know? It's like out there being a... <laughs> on tv shows but at the same time he's out fighting crime at night like it would have been pretty funny so what a shame i mean then that makes me want to kill her even more because that's lost potential and i'm mm. upset by that yeah yeah well fuck them all right well sam <laughs> do you want to let the f- people know what upcoming shows you're going to be covering or not shows movies you're going to be covering on an upcoming episode movies even yeah uh i obviously if people aren't familiar host the podcast movie reviews in 20 cues a show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird wonderful questions about it we've just restarted our year so we've just done don't look up and the next episode out is armageddon and then i think we're going to continue the theme of world ending and potentially do this is the end and then i don't know what we're going to do after that for some reason we've turned february into the the month that the world ends so you know you're welcome world i love that (laughs) i always root for the world ending event whenever it happens in a movie yeah i just i feel like humanity's fucked it up and we should just our time is up it's hard to be sympathetic when you've seen all the shit we've done so yeah right yeah i feel I feel like I'm more comfortable saying that because I don't actually have children. I mean, parents probably wouldn't feel the same way, but I do. And I have children and I'm saying it. So there you go. Oh, we'll see. (laughs) Then we're both assholes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Sam. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me. I love talking about comics with you. You're my friend. Oh, thank you, Ashley. I've 
been looking forward to this for so long. When you asked me to come back, I was oh. absolutely there with bells on. I, yeah, I mean, especially especially this a series which I enjoy and a you know comic property which I think is awesome. Anyone listening, go read it. It's so good. It's so good. You know those scenes where she throws someone through the window? They're in the comics. You can see the window get smashed repetitively in the comics. It's there. You can see her swear. You can see her. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say a massive spoiler comic about something she does. Comic books are cool, does. people. Yes absolutely that's the truth and if you don't believe me that's fine that's your prerogative (laughs) but you're missing out yeah live your life all right that's it for us deuces bye